Let's read verses 1 to 4, Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. It reads, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we are grateful for the opportunity to worship this evening. Please teach us from your eternal word. We ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. The title of my sermon tonight is God Promises to Provide for His People. God Promises to Provide for His People. Now the background to this is that God's people have been led out of Egypt and note there in uh, verse number 1, it makes reference to on the 15th day of the second month, on the 14th day of the first month, they left Egypt. So it's only been about a month. A month has passed. Uh, God's people have been led out of Egypt. And we find here in chapter 16 that they are complaining once again. In chapter 15, we noted their complaint they complained because they didn't have clean water. We studied that last week. And here in chapter 16, we read of them complaining once again. Now they complain to Moses and Aaron concerning the lack of food. And they make reference to the fact that back in Egypt, they had an overabundance of food. And they accused Moses and Aaron of bringing them into the wilderness in order to uh, have them go hungry. God hears this complaint. It's interesting that here in chapter 16, as we uh, read in chapter 15, in chapter 15, after the people complained of no fresh water, in chapter 15 it reads that Moses took that complaint to God. But here in chapter 16, we don't read of Moses taking the complaint to God but we read of God's people complaining and God responding to that complaint, which is, which is a timely reminder for you and I that God hears our complaints. <laughs> and all of us are prone to complain from time to time. And God hears our complaints. So God saw fit to answer this complaint without any record of Moses bringing that complaint 
to God. He answers that complaint there in verse number four with these simple words. I will rain bread from heaven for you. I will rain bread from heaven for you. God assured Moses that he will provide for his people. There is no need to complain. And may I assure you as a child of God, God will provide for you. There is no need to complain. I will rain bread from heaven for you. A very personal, a very definite assurance that God will provide for his people. This miracle of the provision of manna in the wilderness is a special miracle. It obviously made a deep impression upon the nation of Israel. Because when we move into the New Testament, we read of Israelites, Jewish people, making reference to this miracle. So no doubt this miracle was one of those miracles that God's people uh, enjoyed to reflect upon and was passed on from generation to generation how God provided manna for his people in the wilderness. Please turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, please. The Gospel of John, we have the recording of this miracle being remembered. Note here in John, chapter 6, please. Note then verse 31, it reads, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So this is in reference to Exodus chapter 16, this provision of manna from God. Now, the background to this is, note then verse 28 of John 6, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus Christ was asked the question, what is it that God wants us to do? What is it that God expects of us? Because they believed that they could please God by their works. So they asked the natural question, so what is it that God wants of us? And note our Lord's response in verse 29. This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. So the Lord Jesus answers this question, what is it that God wants us to do? Tell us and we'll do it. We want to please God, they said. And the Lord Jesus said, this is the work that God wants of you, to believe on him whom the Father hath sent. In other words, he was saying to this group of people, believe on me, believe on me as the promised Messiah whom God the Father has sent. This is what God wants you to do. Their response to that was, show us a miracle. Prove to us that you are really from heaven. Note the wording there in John chapter 6. In verse number 30, then said, therefore, they said, therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then 
that we may see and believe thee, what dost thou work? So they ask the question, so what do we need to do to please God? And what is it that you and I can do to please God? What can we do in our own strength to earn God's merit? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Because the Bible teaches us all our works of righteousness are as filthy rags. Man cannot earn God's approval by what he does. And that's why Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is what God wants you to do. Believe on him whom the Father hath sent. Now they knew as they heard these words that he was referring to himself. And he was referring to himself being the Messiah. And he was calling them to place their faith in him as the Messiah. So they thought for a moment and they responded by saying, okay, we will believe if you show us a miracle. Prove that you are really from God. Show us a miracle proving that you are really uh, from God. And with that, they, they said, well, our forefathers witnessed the miracle of the manna in the wilderness. So they make reference to this miracle recorded in Exodus chapter 16. See if you can beat that, they said in essence. Can you do better than that? And we will believe on you. Note what our Lord said to that. In verse number 32, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. That bread that your, far, that your forefathers received came from God they didn't come Moses didn't provide that bread God provided that bread for your forefathers miraculously and then he went on to say this is the true bread that comes from God and the bread that he offers the world is for all the world look at verse number 33 for the bread of God is he which came down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So the Lord Jesus reminds this group of people, hey, it wasn't Moses that provided that bread, it was God that provided that bread. And that bread from heaven is for all, for all to experience. And note their response to that there in uh, John uh, chapter 6. How did they respond to that? Well, they said in verse 34, Lord, forevermore, give us this bread. We want this bread that you are offering, this bread from heaven. Show us a miracle. And in verse number 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never, never thirst. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. They said to the Lord Jesus, give us 
that bread. We want this bread from heaven. Well, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. That's why I want you to believe in me because God the Father has sent me. I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven. He that receives me, he that believes in me as Savior, Messiah, will not hunger and will not thirst. So the miracle recorded in Exodus chapter 16 is a wonderful type of the uh, Messiah to come, the bread of life, that beyond the nation of Israel provides bread, that bread of life, eternal life for all mankind. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This bread of life is available for all. Note the emphasis there in John 6 on the world, the whole world. The whole world is invited to receive the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. And let me ask you this evening, have you received the bread of life? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? You might be asking the question, what more can I do to gain God's approval? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe. Believe on him whom the Father has sent. This is what God wants of you and I. Because my friend, the Bible teaches that we are sinners before a holy God and there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to earn God's merit. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus said there in John chapter 6 with reference to that manna that came down from heaven that the people uh, loved to uh, review and recall how God provided manna for their forefathers there in the wilderness. Well, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that believes in me will never thirst and will never hunger. This bread of life is available to all. My friend, this evening, if you've yet to receive this bread of life, Jesus Christ as your own personal Saviour, I'd like to encourage you. This is the work of God. This is what God wants you to do. We cannot earn God's approval by church attendance or good deeds or baptism for by grace are you saved through faith it's by reception of the bread of life which is in, which means to believe on Jesus Christ the savior the lord jesus clarify what he meant by this partaking of the bread of life to believe on him Jesus Christ whom the father has sent for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Jesus Christ is the bread of life. And I trust that you tonight, that you've received the bread of life, Jesus Christ, as your own personal saviour. Jesus Christ clearly declared himself as the saviour of the world, the bread of life. The bread from heaven 
And this bread from heaven is first mentioned here in Exodus chapter 16. A beautiful type of the Messiah to come that will provide life for all. And for those that believe on him, they will never thirst and they will never hunger. God will provide. God will provide. He provides salvation for all mankind. And he provides satisfaction for all mankind. See, when someone is in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, he will find satisfaction that is everlasting and not temporal. The problem with the nation of Israel, as we go back to Exodus chapter 16, is that only a month has passed and they are looking back to Egypt. They're reflecting on the abundance, though in slavery, though in bondage. They weren't focusing upon that. But they were focusing upon all of the food that they had at their disposal. And here they are in the desert, in the wilderness, running out of food. And it's only been a month. So Egypt is fresh on their minds still. And I'm afraid that's the problem with many of God's people. The old life is still fresh on our minds. See, God's people needed to be mindful that God had delivered them from bondage and was leading them to new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And God promises to provide for his own. And God said to Moses there in Exodus chapter 16, I will rain bread from heaven for you. This is what God promised Moses. And as we return here to Exodus chapter 16, we see the exhortation to feed off this bread of life that comes down from heaven. See, all of us are prone to look back to the old life for temporal satisfaction. And that's exactly what took place in verses 1 to 3 here, of, here in Exodus chapter 16. They were looking back, remembering how they ate abundantly there in Egypt. They were looking back to the old life, the temporal satisfaction. But my friend, you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, spiritually speaking, we need to guard our hearts lest we look back. We need to keep looking to the Lord to satisfy our souls. We need to look upward to Jesus Christ to sustain us and satisfy our hunger and thirst day by day. And see, just like Israel... Just like Israel was on a journey towards the promised land, you and I as Bible-believing Christians are on a journey towards heaven. This is not our permanent home. May I remind you of that? So don't get too comfortable. This is not our permanent home. We are on a pilgrimage. Our eternal home is heaven. We're on a journey. And just like Israel was on a journey towards the promised land, you and I that are Christians, we need to be mindful that this is not our permanent home. 
we are on a pilgrimage to an eternal home, which is heaven. And during this journey, we will need sustenance. And God promises to sustain us. And we see God's provisions here in verse 4 and following illustrated for you and I. That if we will be mindful to keep our eyes upon the Lord, God promises to rain bread from heaven for his people. Do not look back to the past life to be sustained. But let's keep looking to the Lord. Let's keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, to feed our souls and to provide our needs, for God will provide for you. How often God's people are guilty of looking back. Lot's wife looked back, she turned into a pillow of salt. Her legacy continues to this day. And we see the nation of Israel, they've only been out of Egypt for a month. They've only been on the road for a month and they're already dreading. And they're wanting to go back to the old life. And you and I need to look to Christ and guard our hearts lest we look back. We need to keep looking forward and keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Now how do we do that? Well, this comes with a daily walk with God. Feeding off the field of the Word of God daily. This will sustain us. This will feed us. This will keep us focused upon that which is eternal and not that which is temporal. What can be more important than your walk with God? It is that one thing that is needful that Jesus spelled out in Luke chapter 10, verse 42. And we note here in Exodus chapter 16 how Israel got their daily bread, just like God had promised. And as we note how they got their daily bread, we can note some principles that will help us as Bible-believing Christians. We that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, and have a relationship with that one that passes all understanding. Have a, have a relationship with that one that satisfies our thirst and hunger. And as we feed upon him daily, it will help us to guard our hearts against looking back to the old life. For Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Note here in verse number 4, the routine in getting this bread. See, God said, I will rain bread from heaven for you. But you'll need to do your part. Note there in verse number 4 of Exodus 16. The Lord said unto Moses, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather. The people shall go out and gather. See, God promised he would supply. But God's people had to make the effort to collect. 
to collect the bread in the field. See? Now let me ask you this evening, what effort do you make in getting bread from heaven in the field of the Word of God? Do you set time aside to spend time in the field of the Word of God? Do you make an effort to go and gather? Find a quiet place? Prepared to sacrifice some sleep maybe? In order to go and gather from the field of the Word of God. And see, verse number 4 goes on to read, The people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day. Every day. Beloved, we need to go and gather every day. We need to feed daily from God's Word, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays. Every day, you and I need to be in the book. We need to be in the field of the Word of God. Because God said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. This is the living bread. And we need to go and gather daily. We need to feed daily from the Word of God. Food sustains, does it not? And when you consume an amount of food, it sustains for so long. But then we eventually get hungry once again, do we not? just a matter of time no matter what kind of food we eventually get hungry once again and if you really know Jesus Christ as Savior then you will get hungry for him get hungry for his word and God's word is there to sustain us and to feed us and this is why we need to spend time daily in the word of God just like all of us eat daily I'm sure all of you eat daily, at least once, twice, three, four, five times a day. Maybe some of you teenagers six times a day, or some of you young and old seven times a day. But I assure you that all of us are eating at least three times a day. Why? Because we get hungry and we cry, we're always hungry. May God cause us to be hungry for the Word of God. We need to feed off the Word of God. We need to go and gather daily. So God said to Moses to tell the people, I will provide the bread from heaven, but you'll have to tell them to go out and gather daily. I'll provide enough for their daily need. And that's how God works, does he not? What God gave me from his Word this morning was for today. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning spending time with God and seeing what God has for me tomorrow. That's how God works. Daily. Daily feeding. And God said to Moses, by these simple little requirements, I'm going to prove your people, Moses, to see whether they will obey me or not. See, God's interested in obedience. And I think this is the digestive element of our time in the Word of God. 
reading, gleaning from the field of the Word of God, obeying, obeying God. It's one thing to fill our minds with God's Word, it's certainly another to obey the Word of God. Because it's within the pages of the Word of God we see the glory of God. As God provides for us in the field of the Scriptures, we note His glory. Note then verse number 7, it reads, In the morning then you shall see the glory of the Lord. So God reveals His glory within His provision, His spiritual provisions. And may God help us and help us to see the importance of daily going into the Word of God and gathering from the Word of God truth for our souls to feed us and sustain us and truth that we can obey and become more like Jesus Christ. We note then verse number 12, a wonderful promise. God said, I'm going to provide for you. I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall fill, be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Within my provisions you will see, you will note that I am the Lord God Almighty. And when God speaks to your heart, when God ministers to your heart from the pages of Scripture, God is glorified. And we are reminded of the fact that He is God and He will provide our every need. So God promises to provide. God promises to satisfy your hunger. God promises to satisfy your thirst. We don't need to look back to Egypt. We need to keep our eyes upon Christ. Because he said, I will rain bread from heaven. But we need to be careful, lest we are negligent. Look at verses 19 and 20. Note the negligence that took place. And Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, verse 20, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Negligence. There are those that did not collect God's provisions for that day. They were negligent. And could it be that some of us are looking back because we are negligent? We're not feeding off the field of the Word of God on a daily basis. We're not going and gathering daily. We're being negligent. Some were simply out of routine. God said all along, I'm not going to provide on, on the seventh day. On day six, I'm going to provide a double portion for day six and for day seven. But note what happens there in verse, in verse 27. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather and they found none. Well, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. God said daily. They were, they were looking for food on the Sunday, 
But God made it very clear to them that Sunday's portion will be on the Saturday. Day six, not day seven. I'm afraid that many of God's people are guilty of negligence in the spiritual walk. Do not have a regular routine in their daily walk. And it's those that are in danger of looking back, of looking back and coveting the old life. Now, God promised to provide for the needs of his people. God promises to provide your needs, my needs in Jesus Christ. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our own personal saviour, when we receive the bread of life, he promises us we will never hunger, we will never thirst. But the Christian life is likened to a pilgrimage and we need to be sustained, we need to be equipped, we need to be growing on this pilgrimage, this journey to heaven. And God has given us bread. It's called the Word of God. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And you and I have a responsibility as Bible-believing Christians to go and gather daily. To go and gather daily. Let me ask you this evening, how's your quiet time? Did you have a quiet time yesterday morning? Oh, Pastor, I'm too busy. Well, you're too busy. Too busy. Are you going to have a quiet time tomorrow morning? Oh, Pastor, I won't have time. Well, get up earlier. Get up earlier. Set your alarm half an hour before. Go and gather. Make some effort. See, if we do not feed in the Word of God daily, we are in danger of looking back. We need sustenance. We need it daily. We need to go and gather daily from the pages of Scripture. And beloved, I'd like to encourage you. Make sure that you spend time daily with God. Spend time daily with God in His Word and in prayer. I'm not against you having a quiet time in the evening, but make sure you have one as opposed to falling asleep. I personally think you are better off giving God the best of your day, which is the early hours of your day. And if you need to sacrifice half an hour, do it. It's worth it. You won't regret it. Start the day right with God. I'm a pastor, I can't do it. I get up early enough as it is. Well, do it. Do you love God? Do it. Do it. We wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we're always looking back into Egypt. It's because we do not make it a priority to feed off the bread of heaven on a daily basis. We have all of our excuses. Well, I'm too busy. I start too early. How much do you love the Lord Jesus? I challenge you. Make time to walk with God. Otherwise, you'll be the next one that'll want to go back.
to Egypt. So God said, I will rain bread from heaven for you. But you're going to have to go out and gather daily. Daily. How's your walk with God, child of God? For those of us that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, how's your walk with God? Do you spend time daily with the Lord? Spend time in the field of His Word, allowing Him to speak to you, feed you. And as He feeds you, do you determine to obey what God reveals to you? This is how you will grow. This is how you will be sustained daily. And this is what will keep you and I from looking back to Egypt by keeping our eyes on our God. See, God will provide our needs. God promises to provide. He said, I will rain bread down from heaven. But you'll need to go and gather daily. And I'd like to encourage you, child of God, if you don't have a routine in a daily walk with God, make it a priority. Make it a priority. It's the most important thing you can do on this side of eternity. It's to walk with God. Let's pray.